Hey everybody, it's Tony Defio from Behind the Store Curtain, and you're listening to the Steeler Nation podcast with Triker. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and I'd like to welcome back a writer, podcaster at Behind the Steel Curtain, and my own personal friend, Tony Defeo. Tony, my friend. Oh, hit the wrong button. How are you doing, Tony? I am doing great, Striker. It's good to be with you. We, we go back a long ways. Uh, <laughs> I know. Playing volleyball back in, in 2007. Yeah. Really supportive of our, of our team. Like, I don't this guy doesn't even know us. And he was like, you were like cheering us on. It was great. And <laughs> here we are 14 years later. I know. Still doing what we love. And that was before you joined their team out there. Because I remember being so excited for you when you started becoming a a writer for mm-hmm. behind the Steeler steel curtain. And then that was before I was writing for Steeler nation. So really, really fun stuff to be able to, you know, talking about Steelers, both as right. friends and now as colleagues. And yeah. <laughs> you guys do a great job over here. I love your podcast. Uh-huh. I love your articles. And Thank I was you. listening to you a couple of years ago. Uh, you were talking to uh, who was the, I always forget his name. The, the backup quarterback that was from Pittsburgh that he broke his finger and uh, he does a uh, PFF. Yeah, you're talking about oh 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 yeah, Grakowski or Grakowski? Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. uh Gradkowski. Yeah. I, I was yeah. I was listening to you on the way home from work and I was like, I forgot it was you. It was, yeah. it was so professional. <laughs> like this is it was a great, great conversation. Oh, he's brilliant too. It was really neat to hear a guy that tracks every single throw in the NFL yeah. and then talk yeah. to him about it. That's I know that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and being a former uh, good pro quarterback himself. Right. He really knows what he's looking at. He understands that thing. And, right. and obviously, you know, they, they got themselves a really good representative over there at PFF with, mm-hmm. with Brad Kowski, which to me lends some credibility to that site. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, as you're talking to, we, we know we both love each other's work. We're both heavy in the mm-hmm. commentary as far as for writing. And I loved your article that just came out about quarterbacks and how Steeler fans really just hate about every quarterback that they've ever had <laughs> aside from like three of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so but... Let's get into this a little bit. Uh, first, like what got you thinking about this article and then which quarterbacks really stuck out in your head for, for taking the ire of Steeler nation when they probably really shouldn't have. Well, I, I just, um, I was just trying to think of how many quarterbacks throughout the history of the franchise have really been beloved and i really can't think of any and i was even bradshaw i was trying to think well he he eventually won them over but i mean that relationship's been so so uh iffy the last 40 years and i mean he has he's had a lot to do with that because he really kind of distanced himself from the organization so that really got got me thinking about it and thinking about neil o'donnell and how um he you know he took him to a super bowl and of course he had those two picks in the super bowl and it really uh people have never forgiven him for it. And he hasn't really had anything to do with the organization since he left. And since that game, really right. Super Bowl 30 and, and Cordell, of course, he had such a traumatic time here. And when you think about oh, it, it isn't up and down. Like he'd have yeah. years where he'd take us to the right. AFC championship game, be an mm-hmm. all, you know, a pro bowl quarterback and then fall off the, uh, the, the, the wagon when they're trying to force him to be a pocket passer, when they're changing right. offensive coordinators, he does a little bit better. Right, falls off the wagon again. <laughs> yeah, he had one. He had so many coordinators he had to deal with, right. and, and yeah. they were trying to make him into a, like uh, something he wasn't. And they tried right. to then they, they tried to play to his strengths again. And then of course he had that bad game in AFC. Of course the, the special teams didn't help anything no. in that game, but he, no. cer- he certainly didn't bring it back. But 
Yeah, it was. It just kind of feels like to me, like most quarterbacks, even even Bradshaw, because he doesn't want to come back. And well, they wanted Terry Gill. Terry Terry Gilliam was right. the starting quarterback in '74. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started out. Yeah. He started out the year as a starter. He went in a preseason. But it almost right. just feels like every every ex quarterback is like an exile. Once they leave here, if they don't right. if they don't win the Super Bowl, they don't they don't come back anymore. And that's just really got me thinking about it. The, the one, though, that you did mention, I thought was a great one, and that's Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch yeah. is, is so beloved in Pittsburgh, and right. he's probably the only old quarterback that's really kind of mm-hmm. made that transition into still being in our hearts while yeah. leaving. I, I also really loved Leftwich. I, I have no problem with yeah. Leftwich. But, you know, like Charlie Batch, and like you said in your article, they are backups. They're not the right. guys who were the guy in charge. Right. They were the people that would come on to the field for a game, win that mm-hmm. game for us. And it being a big game, I remember the the one in in uh, Baltimore. I got to visibly watch mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Brat Batch bring the Steelers back from behind in the yeah. fourth quarter of that game. And that was, a, you know, it, it's things like that that Steeler Nation remember that really endear themselves. It's a duck too coming in for having a couple of great yeah. wins there starting. Yeah, off. it's like with, like John Madden said, the most popular guy in the team is the backup <laughs> quarterback. If you don't have a franchise guy as a starter. Like right. If you have, if you have right. questions at the as a starter, then the, the backup is always the most popular guy. <laughs> and Charlie Batch, I mean, he was the perfect backup quarterback for them, and and he came in over the years and 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 won some very important games for them. I remember that right. even that 2010 season when when Big Ben was uh, suspended and they tried uh, Dennis yes. Dixon, and yeah. he kind of didn't really he wasn't ready yet, and they brought Batch in and he won a couple of games. Yep. And they kind of yep. so they're, they're, he was always winning games for them, and, and he was perfect. But he never, like you said, like he said, he never got had to be the man for a year or two. So he never got to feel that that real the wrath of the fans. And I always oh. wonder, uh, you know, but when it comes to somebody like Mason Rudolph and any quarterback, like I just want to, yeah. it's just so fascinating because the NFL is such a almost like it's one co- big contradiction with the NFL because we all know that the quarterback position is the most important and the most tough to master. Yep. And yet most of these guys just don't get a, a real chance to to develop over the course of two or three years as starters. I mean, they, yes. they you know, like look at Rudolph and I, for all we know, the odds are he's not going to develop, but at well, the same time, he seems to be developing over the seasons. I mean, with, right. at least with his production through training camp, preseason games, you want to see that steady progression of getting better right. and better and making positive strides each year, which he still is continuing to do. And it seems like picking up Haskins has even really pushed his game a little farther mm-hmm. Yeah, He's a different quarterback than what, Dwayne Haskins is, but right. he's still good within our system. Yeah. And, and I agree. And, and, and if he got a, a year or two or three to develop as a starter, not just yeah. in like learning the system, but actually getting out there. Cause we, we've all had, you know, been new to, at, at, at work at, at a job and, yeah. and you could do all the orientation you want and, and, and you know, the, the instructions and, mm. but until you're in there doing it and making the mistakes and, figuring out what to do in certain situations and, and get yeah. constant exposure, you know, and, and it doesn't always work, but, but I just like the, you know, people just give up on these guys just all across the NFL way too, way too quickly for my, for my, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, quickly too, I just need to give a quick shout out to our old friend over on Facebook, Anthony Laird chiming in, man. He agrees with us. Quarterbacks make or break the team. Love and miss Charlie. It's been too long, man, and uh, love seeing you coming back. And I know that we had some timing here where we couldn't figure out how to get the streams to come back onto Facebook. 
We've been out back here more recently. So great to see you back here, Anthony, as well. And I did like your article as well, following the Eagles game, stating that, hey, Steeler Nation, it's okay to like and respect the talents of both right. Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> and they did. Like, honestly, they both played a great game. And I had yes. no problem with either of their performance. Even Dobbs. I think Dobbs played that one. Uh, well, no, he threw the interception in the, in the Eagles game. He played better in the first, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't yeah. come until yeah, late. But yeah, but yeah, I was watching it because I was, you know, I go to these running groups and I was, I was watching it at a bar. And, you know, when you're, when you're at a bar and the TV's on, usually the sound's down. So I'm just yeah. watching it, you know, at this table with a bunch of friends. I'm like, they both look pretty good to me. And I really wasn't paying attention to Twitter or anything like that. Um, but, then, but then you start reading Twitter and, and uh, everybody. And becomes, yeah. yeah, It's like, it's, it's a, an either or not right. a both. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, this guy's better. No, this guy. And don't worry. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the story for Dwayne Haskins. I want him to succeed on this team. Mm-hmm. I think right. he has a higher ceiling than Rudolph, but Rudolph's doing well. Like I can't yeah. fault Rudolph for still going out, throwing eight for nine last game, 70 right. some yards. And you know, he, yeah. he knows how to play in the system. Exactly. Yeah. He, yep. he looked, and I think it was, I, and I'm excited about Dwayne Haskins too, that, that what a story that would be a, a former first round pick and you kind of pick him up off the half. And here's, there's another example of somebody who the coaches in Washington kind of gave up on him. And yeah. He had some off the field stuff, but he, you know, the thing that he got in trouble for with these, well, I guess the strip club or whatever partying, how yeah. many young football players and professional athletes in general do that stuff. So I'm not that worried about that, but there's a guy that they kind of gave up on after two years and now he's here. Yeah. So that's a very intriguing story. And, you know, I'm like, when I watched him last week, you know, saw him, like he really looked like, you know, you could see the, the, the pedigree there. You could see why he was a former first round pick. Right. And he, and he looked so comfortable in the pocket and moving around in the pocket and, and some of the throws he made. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about him, but at the same time, I mean, you know, Mason Rudolph looked pretty decent too. He looked pretty right. good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this system, like, and that's the great thing about Matt Canada, because they are both arguably different styles of quarterback. He, Haskins is a little bit more elusive in the pocket. Mason Rudolph is more of a structured thrower mm-hmm. and both look good in Matt Canada's system because he utilizes that play action and the motion before everything happens to make sure that when they are getting the ball or when they're doing a quick bootleg, they're going to have the ball on the edge and, and hopefully be able to take time and make a play. So yeah. that, that's, that's what I, and I'm, and I'm finally happy that they're starting to do it with Ben Roethlisberger as well, because he was nothing but loving um, John Elway growing up. It's why he wears number seven. John right. Elway made a career off of play action bootlegs, mm-hmm. absolute career. Yeah. And to go literally, since we took on Bruce Arians, I think that's when we stopped doing bootlegs Yeah. with Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So, so coming back into that kind of system, being able to have him do a fake handoff to Najee, sh- shoot out to the other side and have great receivers downfield on half the field. And he even has the strength to throw it to the other half of the field. Right. That's the type of guy that we know that Ben Roethlisberger is. He can make that throw the full field where most, most quarterbacks going on that boot, you got half the field to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, he, like, he said, yeah. Right. And that's like Elway. Elway was the same way. He'd throw it all the way across 60 yards mm. downfield on the opposite side, which is right. like an 80 yard pass in the air. It's like right. insane. How yeah. It's, guys they're, 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 yeah. He was, he <laughs> was a, just such an extraordinary talent. I, I was yeah. such a big John Elway fan growing up. Me he was too. one of my favorites Me too. as a kid. 
And yeah, you, you're right, Ben. He's not, he's never been shy about throwing those kind of passes. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what, what he does in that system. And you're hearing th- things out of camp about him taking more and more snaps under center, which is a, a, a exciting and encouraging because if he's doing it in practice, he's probably going to want to do it in the game. And you just hope that, that it stays that way. Cause you know how he's 39 years old. He's seen everything there is to see in the NFL. Yeah. If things start to kind of break down during the course of the year, for one reason or another with that offense, uh, is he going to go back to the, to the old Ben of the last, uh, you know, of the Bruce Arians era that, you know, sort of quarterback and want to, you know, run everything out of the shotgun, but right. But if they stay with it and, and stay disciplined, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of results they get with him, uh, back under center for, you know, more often. And, and as you said, doing the play action and bootlegs and everything else and scrambling when we're, right. you know, right yeah. and left. Yeah. So he's, he's just a exceptional talent. So he should have no problem adapting to that. No, not at all. And, and especially like this, this feels to me also like what Denver tried to do with Elway at the end of his career, you know, just pure arm talent. He was taking his team to Super Bowls. Right. And he didn't start winning Super Bowls until he got that excellent compliment in the backfield with Terrell Davis. Right. And he put up, you know, five, six seasons, like five, comma, sick, S-I-C-K, not five, right. six. Right, 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 <laughs> not right, numbers, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five, sick seasons in a row to mm-hmm. help them win two back-to-back Super Bowls. And they, this is what I can feel happening with Harris. Harris is that kind of talent. I think that he is going to really help slow down the defense so now they can't key off hey we're, we're third and within five now the yeah. running game is now on the table before right. it wasn't on the table like we're going third and one the right. running game wasn't on yeah. the table last year right yeah <laughs> you well know? you saw what they were you know when, when they lost to washington last year their first game chase young and those guys right. you know saying we, oh. we, we we knew what they were going to do we knew what they were going to do yep they weren't respecting the pass at all and they they were, they were keying on all those quick, short passes. And I think that had a lot, lot to do right. with, with, with those drop, you know, the drop rates for these guys too. So yes. yeah, it's going to really uh, having a, a horse like Harris back there, 3,800 yards in, co- in college. He was, he's going to be a three down back. I think like Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if he's going to be as good as Le'Veon Bell, but he's, he's going to be <laughs> that kind of a back. Um, it, it's going to be hard to, to not respect the run. And, uh, you know, I'm just riding the, uh, the Tony DeFeo uh, love machine right now because I loved your other article that you threw out there with the Steelers trade for Joe Schobert shows that they aren't interested in anything but contending. And it was a well-crafted article talking about, you know, the Steelers not just standing pat. Obviously, Jacksonville is now a team on the rebuild. Right. Seems like. Kevin Colbert now is targeting these rebuilding teams to say, uh, yeah. Hey, maybe we can work out a trade. That's how we got Minka. That's right. yeah. how we got Joe. So, so talk to Steeler nation a little bit about that as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny. I've never really seen them. I can't remember the last time they were, they were really resigned to, to just, all right, packing it all in. We're, we don't have a good roster. Let's just, uh, let's just go for a high traffic. I've never, right. I can't remember the last time that happened with them. Right. I mean, talking about 2013, they could have they could have folded in 2013, two yeah. years ago when they lost Ben in, in week two. They could have just said, all right, we're just going to see what we have in Mason and and, yeah. and just uh, ride this out and, and and try to, you know, get a high draft pick. Yet yet they went after Mika Fitzpatrick because he was. Yeah. And, right. and they traded a first round pick for him, you know, which yes. is so unstealer like they hadn't done that it, since when? Like the 60s, maybe. Yeah. So, but, but at least 
that was a situation, probably the only reason why the Steelers have never given up a first-round draft pick before is because we got a first-round pick that had only, in, in his, was it in his second year? It was still during his second year of his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Steelers knew they had him locked up for another two and a half years plus that fifth-year option. So they yeah. essentially got their first rounder there for four years. Yeah. At that week. So that's not a bad transition. And, and he ended up being an all pro right that year yeah. and next year. Yeah. I mean, oh. he's, I mean, people talk about TJ Watt. He's going to be somebody who's going to break yeah. the bank. But what I, what I like about right. them, and it's so Steeler like, is it was a risk, but it was a calculated risk. And, right. and there really wasn't a lot of, um, uh, you know, potential for it to, for it to go south on them. Cause like as you said, they had him for three or four more years after that, you know, three more years, I guess, after that, uh, his rookie year. And, you know, he, the, the talent was obvious. He just needed to be in a situation where he was, where, where he, you know, he could fit in and, and, and contribute to a defense. Whereas in, in uh, Miami, they, they, they just were just tanking and right. they were, and he just tanking you know, for Tua. <laughs> tanking for Tua. And it turned out to be Joe Burrow, which they didn't even get because they finished <laughs> fifth or something. Yeah. But they still ended up getting the guy they wanted, which, which Tua. is an interesting, you know, yeah, they, they, they were farther down the line. They didn't get Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. but the, the talk was always tank for Tua and they ended right. up not, you know, completely tanking, but they still end up getting the guy with it. It seemed like that front office wanted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked out for both parties, yeah. but I'm sure they were, they were probably thinking they were going to get a much higher traffic. Right. It was like, Nope, we're making the playoffs. We're exactly. going for the playoffs. And, and that was a lot of the reasoning too, that you heard they, the Miami dolphins stated that a lot of teams did come to them with interest in Minka Fitzpatrick, but they felt that since the Steelers lost their franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. that gave them their best chance of getting the highest pick possible for Minka Fitzpatrick, which is not bad reasoning right. until you realize that the Steelers win, 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 no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always. That's what I love it. That's what I love about them. They're always. It's not, you know, and I think when I wrote that article the other day, some people who were commenting on it in social yeah. media and, and they kind of said, oh, they still have these other weaknesses. Well, I know that I'm not, I'm not trying to say they're a perfect team. I'm saying they're 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 still trying to stay in it, even though they have right. these problems. They identified a problem inside linebacker as far as like pass coverage. Maybe Devin yeah. Bush isn't all the way back yet. Robert yeah. Spillane is not drafted free agent. Yeah. Uh, you had Vince Williams just retire, retire at the beginning of a training camp. It, it yeah. shocked everybody. So yeah. you identify a, a weakness in your defense and you bring in this guy that in Schobert, who's a, who's a consummate professional. He's been around, he's accomplished. He's been productive. He's good at pass coverage. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not an all pro, but he's really good. Yes. And it's another move that, yeah, he has a big contract. He's $50 million contract, but you know, from what I understand by going over like a spot rack, researching that site, yeah. They can they can get out of it next year with minimal uh, cap hit. So like say if Buddy Johnson uh, really comes on in his rookie year and he shows them that that he has the potential to be a starter yeah. in years to come, or, or even if a Spillane makes maybe uh, takes a leap and and, right. and and becomes a better player, then you can move because he on. was making some plays for us last year. I, I thought he was yeah. a splash playmaker on the field when he started right. filling in for Bush before he got hurt. Yeah, cool. yeah, he showed he showed a lot of. Like he was a much better athlete than I think people thought. I mean, he was right. and he was much better in pass coverage. I, 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 people think of him, yeah, you know, because as a as a thumper because of that you know, Derrick Henry, which was extraordinary. But uh, yeah. but he seemed to be a, a better athlete. He was obviously younger than Vince Williams and and a better athlete than uh, than, than people thought. And 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 uh, you know he showed a lot of potential. And then he got hurt and and you know it's but and yeah. he's somebody that 
will benefit if he's surrounded by all these all pros because you know he's out there with basically no Cam Hayward, no Tuit, right. no Minka, uh, no TJ Watt. Yes. You know, so if you put him in there where he doesn't have to, where, where he has all these other guys doing the heavy lifting, yeah. then you know he'll he'll also be a good player, uh, a much better player. For, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to concentrate on what he does best instead yeah. of trying to you know maybe uh, overextend himself. And that is perfect. That's exactly what I said when I did a quick inside slant, which is what I do on Instagram and the uh, across the networks here to Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Um, when we have a big move in free agency, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's a he was a big fish in a small pond in Jacksonville. He was, mm-hmm. you know, he had a, he had Miles Jack with him though. I mean, he had some good talent with him, but they didn't have a whole lot of talent outside of those guys. Right but now he's coming to the Steelers where he was a top two talent on Jacksonville's defense. Now he's on Pittsburgh. He's what, maybe the seventh. Yeah. Guy right. out there. Right. I mean, you yeah. got like, you got talent. Like you said, to it and Hayward ahead of him, right. uh, Hayden and uh, Fitzpatrick behind him, And he's yeah. playing online with Bush and Watt. Right. And it sounds yeah. like Highsmith is like insane this season. Plus yeah. you got Ingram as a backup. Like right. This, yeah. It, 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 it's looking sicker and sicker on paper as we approach uh, the, as we approach the regular season and mm. still like, we're still talking about, you know, we can still talk about what the, you know, our weaknesses are on defense and it's, we still know it's obviously losing Hayden. Right. Is now the biggest question mark because you threw, you threw a question mark at both the outside corner and the slot corner position you're going to have right. one locked up no matter what no matter where Sutton decides to play or where does they decide to play Sutton but mm-hmm. it did sound today last day of camp that was open for train spring training Sutton played some slot today yeah and I think that's the first time that they brought him back down in the slot so a lot of chatter here is maybe Pierre gets that other edge yeah and and they can they can still move Sutton around I mean Sutton was obviously I mean you go back to safety on the dime he, you know mm-hmm. they throw they kind of throw him everywhere and I'm sure they're going to bring Brooks in to come in and bang on certain places plays too so just kind of like when they used to rotate Sutton and Hilton a bit so it's going to be interesting to how they take care of this weakness because you've hit the nail on the head with your article the Steelers are out to win this year right and they are identifying weaknesses anywhere they have them and they will try to put people in there to make them the best that they are so the interesting move to me was just a couple days ago restructuring to its contract mm-hmm. when they were already nine mil under the cap even yeah. after acquiring um right. uh, uh showbert from mm-hmm. jacksonville and now they're like 15 mil under the cap or 13 mil under cap like like i forget what spot track has it at but it's it's over 10 now Right. Like this, this was a team that was upside down 25 over the cap before this whole mess of a proceed started. I know it's amazing. <laughs> now we're like way under the cap. We right. have a huge, we're like one of the biggest cap teams, like cap deficits next year. We're, we're like way under the cap next year. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And, I, and I'll just bring this up too. And I'll show you guys that are watching this live across our networks. Uh, Dale Lolly put out a tweet. And it states right here, in the last six weeks, the Steelers have added former Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner, former Pro Bowl out- offense outside linebacker Melvin Ingram, and former inside Pro Bowl inside linebacker Joe Schobert. Their cost against this year's cap is $10.36 million, and it only costs them one sixth-round draft pick next year. That's yeah. doing pretty well. To me, like, 
this may be the best off-season acquisitions that Kevin Colbert has ever made. I can't. I can't remember a time when he's when he's uh, his moves have been so uh, celebrated and well received by the by the fans and the media. I mean, he's just right. they're making memes about him now. The, 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 the general manager. Have you seen that one? Yes, the, the Godfather, Godfather general manager shirt yeah. that he's yeah. sitting there like the Godfather on the shirt. Yeah. DC. Um, oh gosh, what's that? DC Sports. DC Custom Sports puts out that shirt. So go to DC Custom Sports and you got to check that out. Absolutely. It's a badass shirt. They're they're one of our sponsors. They do some of our shirts over at SteelerNation.com. So oh, awesome. That's pretty plenty, yeah. plenty of links there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I think... love love that shirt. And also, like, like we're talking about, we've got so much cap space now. Mm-hmm. Do you think there may be a possibility of the Steelers going out and getting maybe one more free agent cornerback, or maybe they're waiting for final cutdowns before they can really target the guy that they want, but they're at least going to have the cap space to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to uh, say no now. Cause I, I think they've, <laughs> I've, I've never seen, that's right. That's what's so great about, about the, the off season, how they handle it is they usually, right. that people want them to go nuts at, at the free agent, uh, the onset of free agency, but they never do. Like they always yeah. take their time and free agency basically can last the entire year if they, if you wanted to, you know, and, and for them it has, and, and yeah. you know, going out and getting Turner and Ingram. Um, and then of course making the trade for Schobert. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, there's, there's talk that it could be, they're trying to make room for an extension for TJ Water or, or Mika Fitzpatrick, or even Joe Hayden. So yeah. that could be a possibility. Yeah. And you know, they, they do, you know, you hear nothing but great things about James Pierre out of camp. So yeah. Maybe they're more excited about about him than, than we realize, and and their their plan is for him to be the number two, you know, start on the outside with Sutton moving to the inside, as you, as you said on Wednesday. They, they said at yep. camp that that he moved back to play a lot a lot of slots, so that could be a possibility too. But I'm not going to say no at this point. You know, I, I could certainly see them making another move, yeah, uh, to, to shore up that secondary. Uh, whether it's it's bringing in a high profile guy like a you, know, you hear Stephon Gilmore a lot, you hear, hear that name thrown out there. Yeah. As far as trade uh, possibilities, or maybe they, you know, somebody gets cut like Joe Hayden a few years ago right? and, and they snatched yeah. him up right away. So I could right. definitely see that happening. Or maybe it's, it's somebody along the, uh, uh, another offensive lineman, you know? Yeah. So point. Yeah. Point. yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm never say never now. I, I used to <laughs> always say, Oh, the Steelers don't do that kind of thing. But after the last three or four years, it's a different, it's a different uh, feeling that you, they, you just, yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's going all in for this year for Ben Roethlisberger to give Ben Roethlisberger the best chance right. to win a championship. And I, I think that that's all you need. You create that running game to help him in on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. I think they make great selections, picking up a center, tackle, yeah. tight end in the draft and your first three and running back, your first four picks. Right. All offense, right. all commitment to the run. <laughs> I want to. I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. Crazy. And, and yeah. you were mentioning the draft. I want to ask you something because for some, I'm not like a, I, you know, X's and O's and technique. I don't know anything about that stuff. But yeah, Dan Moore, the the fourth round pick. I just for some reason that guy just fascinates me. The, the tackle out of Texas A&M. When I was like, you know, you're, I was listening to the draft. You know, after you know, driving around in my car, like the I guess it was day two or day yeah. three, whenever that was, yeah. and they selected him. Yeah, and, was, and they were saying, oh, he's. He seems like a bit of a reach. And then you start researching it and then you, you read other sites and they said, well, in a different year, he would have been drafted higher, but the, the tackle position was so deep that that's why yes. he lasted to the fourth. And then you see these PFF stats and he only allowed two sacks and t- 327 dropbacks last year. 
for you know the SEC is not you know it's a pretty darn good SEC. conference. Yeah. Right. So I mean I'm intrigued by that guy. I'm really yeah. And he's been showing steady improvement. Alex uh Kazora over there at um uh Steeler Depot, he he has the best um coverage of training camp. If you read his training camp diary, it's like a callback to reading Greg Easterbrook. It's just a nice he's here every day. Yeah, it, it's amazing. There every day, he writes intensively on what's going on. You feel like you're there, mm-hmm. and he's been stating that more has just been doing. He started off getting his ass kicked at left tackle right. by Hayward, and right. he's just getting in fights first couple of days of training camp. But he's mm-hmm. shown steady improvement. He's gotten better every day. Chooks was out for most of training camp, right. so he got those extra snaps. And now they're throwing him over at right tackle. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. you're a left tackle. We know you can do that. So right. now they're throwing him at right tackle. Like, right. okay, let's yeah. see what you can do over there. Yeah. And he's taking his lumps. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be that type of player that's going to get better with reps. He's a smart kid. He's mm-hmm. got good technique. And that's yeah. why, like, they they grabbing green as well. Like, that's a technique guy. That's a guy that's right. a guard. He played center in the senior bowl. But mm-hmm. they're like, this is our center. Right. So, yeah. and, and you see him getting out there in front on that – uh screen pass where he's down there where the free safety is by the time the ball gets around i'm like holy crap this guy's fast right you know i have another 53 right yeah Yeah. exactly he's prime you know yes yeah that's like pouncy fast that's right yeah so and what i like about both of those guys and dotson is they're all they're all really aggressive they have that aggressive uh mindset where they want to play the run or they want to block for the run so that's kind of that they're they're trying to change your philosophy and get back to to running more, you know, like you said, with, with Elway at the end of his career, big bends at the end of his career. So, you know, I think it's something to be excited about. Nice. And now we're going into our third preseason game, right? It's three for us, yeah. two for everyone else, which is now going to be considered the middle game of the preseason, which it seems right. like this is the game that most of the starters are going to play. Maybe a drive, maybe mm-hmm. two drives, maybe a quarter at the most. Right. So, what are you looking to see in in this preseason game, which is arguably the most important? Um, I mean, I know we have another round of cuts, another five people uh, leave the team next week after this game, but right. what are you looking to see out of this preseason game here, Tony? I, I'm, I just want to see uh, how Ben handles the uh, himself as far as, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, uh, you know, how often he, he takes a snap from under center play mm-hmm. action pass, how yeah. he moves around in the pocket how the line uh, blocks for him, because that's going to be very important. That was a big uh, problem for them last year. That's why he was yeah. getting rid of the ball. So, yes. so quickly. Um, that's really what I'm looking for. You know, I mean, I, I'm confident, you know, Cam Hayward, I know, but we all know what Cam Hayward can do and, and to it. And I mean, yeah. TJ Watt's probably not going to play. Cause he's really, I don't, I don't think he's going to play. Is he, but the, uh, what the, the hold in <laughs> uh, the hold Yep. The, the hold so he's probably in. not going to play, but I called it a soft holdout. Yeah. yeah I think Chris holdout. Carter corrected me calling it a hold in. Hold in. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. So <laughs> but, but, yeah. You, you know what those guys can do in Hayden and, and, and yeah. Minka and, you know, so I'm not really worried about, uh, the, the defense. I think that's, you know, that, that they're just so, so much talent there. Should, although I am looking, I just, I'm excited to see what Schobert can do too. I am too. Uh, as far as how, you know, he's going right. to be wearing his first game too. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. But mainly, I mean, I know it sounds simple, uh, but it's, it's, I just want to see how Ben, how he looks in this new offense. Cause it's, yeah. it's going to obviously uh, 
dictates how they do like, it's gonna you know how they it's so cliche to say but how ben goes that's how the team's gonna go and exactly yeah anthony over there on uh, on facebook has been chirping in the same thing <laughs> right yeah, well, yeah. anthony's we, we anthony's think <laughs> your alike, anthony's but, are smart right yeah well i don't know about that but, <laughs> but uh yeah you know the, the quicker he he falls in love with this and embraces this offense and and and, and ha- doesn't have to think about things like a, you know the, the better they're going to be so i'm really anxious to see that yeah and co nation get in your questions here probably the last chance to get in questions for uh, tony and myself we'll get to them easier in a second um as far as for what i want to see in this last game it's probably going to be a game where we're not going to see dobbs i think we're going to see a heavy amount of big ben a heavy amount of um rudolph and a heavy amount of haskins i think they're going to split the other uh three quarter of the game mm-hmm. and it's probably only going to play that first quarter like we're saying right um and unless they cho- cho- choose to four quarter it up and put dobbs in that fourth quarter have everybody play a quarter but i just don't foresee that no. uh coming up this week um but i'm still interested to see the progression of rudolph rudolph now playing oh, yeah. with with the twos because in the last couple preseason games, Haskins has been playing with the twos. Right. Um, I, th- I think that that offensive line has been destroying people that, that second string offensive mm-hmm. line, uh, though it seems like green will now be playing with the ones. So Hassenauer did a great job. That's right. Green yeah. did play with the ones last time too, but had Dodson was with the twos that time. He'll be with the ones this right. time. So, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how they do in front of other lines. Cause now you're, you're knocking uh, Haskins down to the threes. Um, and then if Dobbs plays, he'd be playing with the fours. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how they react with a little bit of different personnel to see how, how successful they are. And then uh, of course on defense, and you've got a lot of guys trying to make this team. I I think we're six deep right now at outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, you, you've got, you know, Marsh has been picking up his game. It looks like I thought that this guy was just going to be a low to like, Oh, they drafted Roche to get rid of Marsh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roche's doing well. Yeah. And then you got Jones coming in from out of nowhere. Right. Orson snaps getting pushed up the board. He's ahead of Roche now in, a, in the snaps uh, in practice. So um, because they just see him keep making plays and, and keep elevating his position within the defenses when they practice against the other, the, the offense. So it's going to be interesting to see who they decide to keep <laughs> because it's going right. to be a tough decision, no matter how you slice it. And the defensive line is the same way you got, Oh. You know, Bugs, you got Davis, you got uh, Loudermilk, and you have uh, Mondu going to be fighting for, seems like four guys fighting for maybe two spots, maybe three if they push it for an extra position. Yeah. But that's t- that's super depth. Oh, and, and and I was I was at camp last Monday, and I I, I there was I didn't know his number. I'm like, this number 92 looks pretty physical and dominant. And then I, I looked him up on my phone, like, holy cow, that's Loudermilk. That's the... That's the yeah. uh, draft pick that everybody panned. Yeah, right. Why did they, they trade up for him? So maybe they, you know, I guess they know more than we do. But right. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, love the guy. That's why they moved up for him. Yeah, yeah. He looks like there's somebody that that could uh, possibly force a tough decision when it, when it comes to somebody like Chris Wormley. Maybe. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good yeah because Worms is still running with the ones and twos. It's well, he's running with the ones now because two, it's out. Right. Um. Right. But you're right. That might be a cap cut. Yeah. At that point, because. Right. He's a lot cheaper than Wormley at that point. Might give him more upside. They love their depth. They love their youth. Uh, mm-hmm. They love their youth. Last year when Colbert was staying, like, we're not going to say who we like because we, we like too right. many of these guys. Right. Yeah. And they were right. They ended up throwing three of the guys on, like, Davis, Bugs, and uh, Amandu ended up making the roster last year. 
Uh, Mondu ended up playing some fullback last year as well as kick coverage. Oh, that's right. I forgot They're about like that. Like a big 99 out there on yeah. kick coverage. That's <laughs> right. Like, wow. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, what, you know, they're on a roll. People talk about receivers and everything with this team. Right. And, and but they're kind of on a roll with their defensive line too over the last seven, eight, nine years. They've been really uh, hitting, hitting the, uh, the draft picks and, and developing uh, lower round picks and undrafted free agents. So that's another area of their team where they're really, uh, they really seem to always uh, find the right, the right kind of combination. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely it. Uh, well, and now we're at the point, Steeler Nation, where we start taking questions from Steeler Nation. Last chance to chime in. Usually we go over to SteelerNation.com at the football forum. We will start there first, as we always do every week with the questions before we come back to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Sorry, not Instagram. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And over here at SteelerNation.com, once I bring up the correct screen, we've got Slash Steel in with a question. Tony, I'll send this one to you. Who gets the nod right now in slot for the defense? Slot corner. Hmm. I think it might be a, I think it might, from everything I'm hearing, it might be slot by committee. Because uh, yeah. I know they, they love they love Sutton's coverage skills. Always. But, but it, it's going to be hard to replace, uh, you know, Mike Hilton. He had such a great <laughs> feel for, for blitzing. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was probably the best at it in the NFL. And I'm, I'm going to hate playing Cincinnati twice a year. Right. Yeah. Because we're going to see him make plays in our backfield. And that's exactly don't mean you don't run a wide receiver screen when Mike Hilton is on the field. Nope. No, I mean, (laughs) there's somebody like blows them up like no one else. And and, and that's a undrafted free agent. That gives you maybe a a great example for somebody like James Pierre. He's not the same kind of corner, but there's somebody who's an undrafted free agent. And and he, he uh, came on in training camp and he actually won the starting job. So maybe that could be James Pierre, but yeah. I think it might be, I think it might be like, cause they have so much, they, they've been concentrating so much on, on finding these uh, hybrid duels uh, yeah, kind of players. So it might be a combination of, of uh, Sutton as far as like on pat, obvious passing plays. Yeah. And, and maybe if they want to, you know, run a blitz, somebody like Brooks, and yeah. he might be somebody who can, who can, who can uh, play closer to the line of scrimmage. So, yeah. uh, but I think if I had to, you know, make a, definitive it would have to be you know I'm, I'm hoping it's Sutton that plays in the slot yeah because because that would mean Pierre gets wins that job on the outside I think that'd be a better secondary if, if that happens I, I can't disagree with you there um obviously we know that Mollett is still also in the uh the mix mm-hmm. there as well as Trey Norwood uh getting yeah. some, some work in there as well so right, we, yeah. in the later round uh cornerback that we picked up there in the draft as well and it looks like he's going to stick on this team too yeah. it's like last year they kept every single player on the roster that they drafted right. this yeah. year looks like it might happen again as long as Roche doesn't get well they did drop a couple Brooks didn't make the the first day roster he ended up coming back up right. um later in the season but by the end of the season everybody they drafted was on the active roster so it'll be interesting to see if that happens again this year, because that shows that they're getting a lot of young talent in and worked into this, this team. And, and that's could bode well for the future, even after like, say Ben finally retires, because you remember like some of those drafts from like 08, 09, they were total disasters other than maybe Mike Wallace. They n- nobody really yeah. lasted. And then it, it kind of yeah. showed well, that, that whole 08 draft was a terrible draft. Right. Yeah. Like Mike Wallace was one of the single best pick. Like I think Matt Stafford was the only quarterback of note. Right. Uh, yeah. And then like there's there might the only position actually that was really good in that draft was actually center. Yeah. Like, that's the Alex Mack draft. 
right like, yeah and i'm like he might be the only hall of famer in that draft <laughs> isn't that isn't amazing how how one whole year like like it's right. like like the 88 draft is kind of like that there's just yes there's no superstars no. there's no no like uh there's guys yeah just guys <laughs> but that, i mean like if you remember like this how how kind of mediocre they were in 2012 2013 it's because of those 08 09 drafts when they should have been coming into their prime they were not even there anymore so right like this this you know with last year because they've been drafting really well the last few years really and, and they've been adding some like and, and like you said everybody seems to be sticking around yeah so that could only bode well for the next four or five years <laughs> that's great and um next question coming in from slash steel we already kind of talked about this. He asked how Loudermilk is progressing. I, th- I thought you stated it perfectly. You saw mm-hmm. that 92 out there making plays. Steeler Nation, if Tony's out there watching uh, 92 make plays and he notices it, it means that he's doing well. So well, he, he had like a, then he have a, then he uh, <clears throat> contribute to a sack last week. Yeah, yeah he had, he had a half sack. And he had a batted ball. Yeah, and, there you go. And he blocked a uh, field goal already in the preseason. Wow. So that was, that was in the Hall of Fame game. He was the one that blocked the field goal. Okay. So the guy is making plays <laughs> and, yeah, and that you, was the way do. Hayward used to be too on special teams right. back when he first started. So there you go. <clears throat> neat, neat to see. And final question from slash steel. Are you ready for some football? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad it's on Thursday this time. I, yeah, right. I missed the Friday, Saturday preseason games. It's like a little, little uh, blast from the past. <laughs> These Thursday games are hard to get used to even in the preseason. Right. <laughs> I hear you there. So, um, going over to Facebook, Anthony Laird had a question for us. Uh, he's asking, could Joey make moves to become a number two inside linebacker if he plays well the next two weeks? I, I, I assume he's talking about Joe the show. Um, and I, I think that the Steelers are already talking about possibly giving him the green dot to run yeah. the play calling, which he did in Jacksonville. Right. Um, so this will be interesting. And, and I also heard that he's on his fifth defense that he's had to learn in the nfl and it's right. five years so yes. very obviously cleveland is just because of turnover because it's just a uh, a coaching slash gm slash quarter starting quarterback uh mill over right. there in the right. <laughs> in the mistake by the lake right but <laughs> but yeah here uh coming in he's right but at least he knows moving forward there's probably going to be some stability yeah yeah you know if he's uh you know the steelers are they they they're the picture of stability. So yeah, you know, him coming here and if they're automatic, if they're already talking about giving him the green dot, that, that just shows you that there's nothing you can throw, you can throw at this guy. That he's not going to be able to grasp right away. And right. as you said, he's been in just about every defensive system there is. So yeah, <laughs> I think, it, I think it's good. It'd be good for Devin Bush. I mean, you know, people forget he's, he's barely played more than a year, more yeah. than a season. So, you know, maybe this will give him a, a chance to take the pressure off of himself and, and just kind of fly around and, 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 and just, play instinctually as opposed to trying to, you know, call plays and get everybody in position. Yeah. And Anthony also asks, could Canada be the guy to make the offense better? I don't know if you misspelled the long snapper's name. <laughs> Who is Canada with a K? That'd be but a story. We know, we know you mean Canada. We know what you're right. saying, Anthony. Right. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, we, we talked about, his ability to, I think this is the first time we've got a real chess player as an offensive coordinator, right? We've got a guy that is shown in college. He can go into any system and make that system better, right. whether they have a pocket passer, whether they have a rushing attack, whether they have a mobile quarterback, every situation he's gone into 
when he became the offensive coordinator, Pitt, Maryland, etc. He's made those those offenses better for the years he was there. And I think, right. yeah, and obviously with the pre-snap, it's going to really create a difficulty for defenses to key on to what we're doing pre-snap now. Because right. before they're like, oh, Ben's going to drop back and pass. Everybody take the shorts. Yeah. Now it's going to be like, what the fuck are they doing? This guy's coming right, on a, right. a jet sweep. This guy, they're going to hand it off on the jet guy. They're going <laughs> to fake and give it to the up guy. This guy. Now he did a bootleg. What the hell's right. going on? Yeah. I mean, you have to, yeah, that's, that's the thing with that. But, you know, you went from Haley to Fickner and, and yeah, yeah ben, ben loved the one guy and he couldn't stand the other guy, but it was essentially the same system for almost a decade that you were, right. that you were running. Yeah. And well, so- uh, well, at least Arians is like, okay, you can get your butt kicked. You can hold the ball back there as much as you want. Just throw that mid to long range pass right. all the time. Right. And uh, screw the check down, screw short, short passing. <laughs> hey, well, you know, they need to have some check downs. Like, okay, you're going to block and then you might release and right. then you might hit yeah. that guy after the release. Right. That was, yeah. that was the Arian system. And then uh, Haley's like, Ball out quick, ball out right. quick. We don't right. want you to die. Ball out right. quick, ball yeah. out quick. Bubble screen, bubble screen. Let's go. That was the, that was the tweak. That was the tweak coordinator. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now we have a guy that's going to be like, okay, we're going to do all this crap pre-snap, so you don't know if we're going short, you right. don't know if we're going long, if we're going mid, or if we're handing it off, and right. you don't know who we're handing it off to. Like, right. Exactly. That's Matt Canada's offense. Yeah, unpredictability. That's that's the key. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, and it's we're going to see moving forward too. I think not only is he going to make Ben Roethlisberger a better quarterback within the system, but moving forward, once we move away from Ben Roethlisberger and we start the era after Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to create comfortability, a a comfortable atmosphere on offense for whoever is going to be our quarterback. Exactly. And that's, and that's the important part. That's, that's what makes a good coach is somebody who can adapt to, to any style, any talent, any, any talent level, you know, and, and, and try to get the best out, out, of, out of his abilities. Right. Tony, I can have you on the show anytime, man. <laughs> oh, man, this is so great. It's like two dudes just talking in a bar. This is fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this, is, this is what we used to do at the parties anyway when we'd hang out. Yeah, we'd, exactly. we'd just hang out and talk Steelers, right? hang out and talk Penguins. This is I, I still place. tell people this story all the time. The Lime is sweet. We were at Dishes yep. Party. <laughs> and, and you were like, I will never forget it. You're like, we got climb a Swede in the second round. Like, and I never, I would never forget the look on your face. And to me, that's a great, that's a great, um, I guess, cautionary tale about, about uh, some you know, people that just get too high and too low about draft picks and you just never right. know how it's going to pan out. Right. That, but, the, the, <laughs> I remember that story. I mean, no, at least, was, he, at least I was right. Lima Swede could get open. They, they, right. he, nobody could right. cover Lima Swede deep. The problem was this guy couldn't catch COVID in Wuhan. The guy. Right. Could, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, who, who he had mitts for hands. Exactly. And I think once he dropped that pass in the AFC championship game, that was uh, it. Yeah. That messed with his head. But he was a it he was. was a talent. Yeah. He was a find. And I'll never forget that that day. That was a great, that was a great night. One of my favorite parties ever. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, that's great. Now, Tony, please tell Steeler Nation how to how to follow you on social media. What are your handles? Well, my so my uh Twitter account is uh Defio man, you know, my last name, man. I don't know how I came up with that, but if I've had it for over a decade, that's how you can find me. And of course, I'm on behind the store curtain. Yep. Uh, I write several articles a week. Uh, I have a couple of podcasts on there you can check out if you want. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. It's my my full name on Facebook. Uh, but, you know, that's about it. Yeah. And then you, you can find my email on there. I think my email's on there too on my Twitter account. So, I mean, I'm pretty easy to find. I have every, I'm, I'm open. I'm open on Facebook. I'm open on Twitter. I don't, I don't have any private accounts. So I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Nice. And guys go over to behind the steel curtain.com. 
you've got to read his stuff. I mean, he's not just putting out day-to-day articles. He's putting out thoughtful pieces. He's an excellent commentary author. So please go to Steeler Nation because he's one of my favorites. Not just because I know the guy, but I I love reading commentary. I know day-to-day is like, I get that on Twitter. I I get all the day-to-day stuff real quick now. So when I want real good pieces that I want to sink my teeth into, I go check out Tony Defeo. Oh, my (laughs) head's getting bigger. (laughs) Thank you, man. And I love your work too. Like I said, the the, the stuff you guys are doing, it sounds so so good. And you're getting all these guests on there. Who did you have on a couple weeks ago? Was it? it We had Riddick. On Lewis Riddick on the show. Lewis Riddick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, and he's like, what? Uh, he was he, he's, did he play for Pitt? Uh, uh, yes, yes, he did. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Good for you, man. That's that's awesome. And he's he's brilliant. Like, yeah, a guy that's been a director of pro personnel for mm-hmm. two NFL teams and just been killing it at ESPN and and Monday Night Football. The smartest football mind I've ever had the pleasure of being able to talk to. That's awesome. Uh, and just everything. And we, we, we geek back, back and forth. Cause like we'll, we'll chat and we'll text back and forth about uh, Haskins. Cause we're, we're both like really into like just watching the progression of Haskins. We yeah. love his upside. We love his ability. So it's, it's fun to be able to create some friendships with some, some guys that, that, that you, I mean, it's just like this, like we love talking football. Yeah. And that's what we all love to do. Even in this industry. It's just like, it's, it's yeah, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He loves, he loves Steeler football. That's, 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 and, and, and so he's high on Haskins too. That's good to know. He, yes. he knows the stuff. That's, uh, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and this has been one of my more, more uh, my, one of my favorite preseasons in a while because of all these young guys and right. this, this backup quarterback battle. And who, you know, one of these guys can wind up being the, the guy for the next 10 years. You just never know. It's, it's so exciting. Nice. Hey, thank you so much, Tony. You don't have to stick around for the rest of the bugs and everything. And the rest of my promotion will uh, sign offs here, but thank you so much, brother. I'll be talking to you soon. I'll be having you on the show soon. All right, man. It was, it was, it was a blast. I can't wait to talk to you again. You, you have a great night. Awesome. You too, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. <laughs> All right, Steeler Nation, go to tseshop.com to check out our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises. Anthony, thank you so much to Anthony Laird over there for the shout-out. Steeler Nation is the best. Cheers, man. I'm pretty partial to that, too. I've been growing up with them and been with them since 2005 on their forums, but been writing and stuff since 2016 and obviously running the podcast since 17. So love the stuff that they're able to do over there and then allow me to give this, this forum and some big news yet to come. I can't say anything yet, but we got some big news coming up too. And the channels with the podcasts going on and we got some exciting things coming down the pipeline, which are going to make us even more, even better and give us even more coverage for all Steeler nation. So awesome stuff coming up, <clears throat> read our great articles, come over to SteelerNation.com and check those out. Tweet us at Steeler nation, Instagram us at Steeler nation.com. Facebook at Steeler Nation com. Follow us, the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and follow me at SN Striker, Striker spelled with a Y. I'm also doing a promotion on Twitter. So if you go on, if you're following at SN Striker, if you're following at underscore SN podcast and of course Steeler Nation and you retweet that post that I just put out stating that we're going to give away free tickets to the uh, Detroit game. I can't make the game this weekend. You're getting my tickets. Mike tickets to the Detroit game. Go ahead and do that. Follow me, follow the podcast, retweet it, and you will have a chance to win the tickets. We're going to give them away tomorrow night at eight o'clock. So good luck, Steeler Nation. Like to see you at the game. Enjoy my seats. <laughs> and thank you very much for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, along with Tony DeFeo. Tony, rooting along with you as always. 
Go Steelers!